Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Before I get to this episode, that is the companion piece to the other episode of 10 Things to Look For in a Wife, it's going to be 10 things to look for in a husband. I'd like everybody to click on subscribe so that you can get access to all my bonus content. Don't just ignore me, you people that have all ignored me. I see all how many of you are listening. <laughs> and then only a fraction of you are signing up. It's going to be a bigger fraction, but can all of you just click on it? it would be great. Then you have access to all my extra content and you can email me and I will do whatever you want for a podcast episode because honestly what do I care it's just me talking anyway it's easy to talk about any topic that you want I'd like to help you know and um, that's just much easier when I know that it's somebody that is committed to my thing you know I mean that's like who I want to be recording for is the people that are paying me (laughs) so so maybe that's not a PC, but everybody knows cash is king. So go on, subscribe, everybody. So let's move forward now to 10 things to look for in a husband. Most of you are married, but um, some of you are not. Some of you are divorced and you're looking to remarry. Why? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you should remarry. I remarried. It is happy. And so I'm actually going to tell you because... Uh, why not? Which ones of these my husband has? So when I wrote this, I had a different husband. It was 2017. Now it's 2022. And now I have a different husband. So let's see about which ones he has and what of these I think are the most important given my clinical experience. So numero uno, the desire to be a team player. Um, yeah, like if your husband is going to be so selfish and he's only concerned with himself and then you got to like be some martyr that's always like cleaning up after him and doing shit for him and then he's just going to sit around or like get up and go do his own thing without wondering about what you and the kids are even up to. Do not marry this kind of a person. And if you say you can't tell he's going to be that kind of a person, of course you can. When you were dating, he acted like a big dick about it too. He was always going out with his friends. He was didn't really care about your schedule. He barely remembered anything that you said. So don't do this again. Don't date like another man that's self-centered. Marry somebody who is a team player. You know, and if there's shit to do around the house, they get up and they do it alongside you and even preferably do most of it because like you, you want somebody who wants to take care of you too. I don't remember whether I wrote that in this list, but I've certainly wrote about it 
enough afterwards and have talked about it on podcasts. So the desire to be a team player is a version also of helping you and taking care of you. And you should want that because you deserve that. And if your current husband does not have that, get into couples counseling. And your next husband, if you're single, should have that. My husband does have that. Uh, Good hygiene. This, I keep coming back to this. Guys do not believe me about how important this is to women. This is so important. There's guys who actually go to the gym and then don't like get their hair cut and brush their teeth enough. Why? That makes no sense. Women care about how you smell and how you taste at least equally enough to how you look. So good hygiene is super, super important. Women have a very important uh, olfactory sense and that is evolutionary. Smell means that you are uh, healthy. You got to have a healthy smell and you got to look fresh and clean. And so there you go. That is an important one. My husband has that one. I actually cut my husband's hair. So if his hair cuts all fucked up, that's my fault. (laughs) But um, it's usually not. I do a pretty good job. And he's pretty clean. He's really clean, actually. Um, He brushes his teeth for like extended amount of time, much longer than I brush my teeth for. Um, So that's a, a helpful tidbit about that can just make me relatable. (laughs) Um, I shouldn't really do these two podcasts in a row. I'm getting like punch drunk right now. It's a little bit late for me in the evening to be recording. Okay, next, flexibility about gender roles. If your husband believes that women shouldn't work when they have kids, unless this idea is a core tenet of your personal philosophy as well, then this is a major red flag. That is something that I write in the post that this is based on, and that is true. You don't know what you're going to think a woman should be or shouldn't be or whatever as you get older. And if your husband thinks that it's only one kind of thing, like a stay-at-home mom or something, and then you decide you don't want to be a stay-at-home mom, y'all are going to have a lot of conflict. So the more open-minded your husband husband is about who can make money, who should work, like what women and men should do or shouldn't do, the more open-minded he is, then that's like an insurance policy for as you evolve and change and grow, he's not going to be um, like stuck back in how, you know, a previous era of thinking. You want an open-minded, flexible kind of person. My husband has that one. Um, I'll just mention if he doesn't have them. Otherwise, we'll assume he has them. Financial generosity, however you define it. So if your boyfriend is cheap, I write, your husband will be even cheaper. (laughs) This doesn't get better. So if you're with some guy that is always saying, no, let's go to the cheap restaurant. No, let's uh, drive instead of fly. No, 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 no. Well, this goes along with the open-mindedness thing. Stinginess in bed also frequently correlates with sexual stinginess. The same guy that won't spend also will not be generous in other areas. I'm not saying that like somebody should be buying you the hope diamonds all the time you know for every birthday should be making some huge thousands of dollars thing but there's a big difference between just real being profligate with your money and being just really a tightwad and a tightwad usually goes with a tight ass in every area and this person is just difficult and rigid and nobody needs that 
Um, moderation around substances, including alcohol. This is a big one for um, women if the man ends up with an addiction problem. And this is like a really big deal. I have a lot of these people in therapy. If you are with a guy who drinks every night, what do you think's going to happen? He's going to stop. He's not going to stop. Not unless he has some sort of epiphany that you cannot guarantee he will have. He will start drinking more if he's under more stress. And women who are drawn to these kind of men frequently grew up with an alcoholic parent, usually father. So if your um, guy that you're dating does not show any moderation around substances, this is a super big red flag. So get out of that. Enjoyment of your friends and family. So women are very close to their friends and family frequently. And if your boyfriend can't stand them or he's like making little comments about them and shit all the time, then get out of that because that is a super negative attitude and he's never going to be fun to take to parties, never going to be fun to take to events. You do not need that. That will be an albatross around your neck. Same desire for kids as you. I talked about this in the other one too, the one about what men should look for in a wife. Both people need this. It's super important. You cannot assume you're going to change somebody's mind about wanting kids. This is so rare to happen and when it does, um, people end up resentful. I did say in the other podcast, and it really does remain true, that some men are, in fact, convinced to have kids and then are grateful that they had it, but it doesn't actually help the marriage any. They still remember being pushed into having kids even if they love the kids. So, like, you may be right that they would have been a good dad, but they still remember that you pushed them into it. So that does not usually work out. There's plenty of human beings that want children. If you want one, get one. And there's increasingly numbers of people who want to be child-free. Okay, next, your same primary love language. I talk about this in a million other podcasts, so I don't have to go into it super much. But if you are somebody, as uh, you know, if if you know that the most important thing to you is hugging and kissing and cuddling, never get a man that doesn't like to hug and kiss and cuddle. I have made so many um, podcasts and posts about this. And every time that I uh, even write about it, like five women write in and tell me how useful it is and how they're in this terrible situation. Women suffer in sexless and affectionless marriages the same as men do. You know, and uh, many men don't even believe that there's women who don't who um, want to have more sex than their husbands. There are. I see them in my practice. And it's even more hurtful sometimes for a woman than for a man because all of pop culture says that men want sex more than women. So then the women that want sex more than their husbands end up feeling like these ugly, like unloved people, which isn't true. It's just that the guy has this weird shit around sex and around physical affection, you know, and do not think if you're ever begging your boyfriend for sex do not marry that man he's just gonna get worse when you're older and that's the story of every one of my clients in this situation okay and um okay so that's the touch primary love language but whatever your primary love language is it is ideal to find somebody with the same one. I mean, there's all this opposites attract stuff, but for any of us who have been through divorce, we know opposites don't attract as much as everybody says. And um, 
you know, if you can find somebody who has the same love language as you, it is such a shortcut. And I've talked and written about the fact that my husband is a highly sensitive person like me. And so that means that he's like verbal and he likes, you know, to give words of affirmation and, and physical touch too. But like, that's the, the, they're the same for both of us is the point. So if you could find somebody with your same physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, quality time, or acts of service love language, then it is a big shortcut to not having to have conversations all the time about do you really love me and you're not showing you love me and this is what this means to me and all these horrible kind of conversations that people have in and out of couples counseling. And what most of those conversations really boil down to is that these people are not compatible on their love language and they therefore they cannot understand one another on a deep level. And this could be obviated if people were trained to look for compatibility in love language the same as they are trained to look look for, you know, whatever else they are trained to look for, like somebody of the same religion used to be a big one, that's not big anymore, or somebody with the same, uh, quote, values. All right, so then what we should do as a society is instead of everything being about the same values, put a value of having the same love language, and then everybody would do that too, and a lot of divorces would be prevented. Next one, the ability to verbalize emotions. Most women want a guy who understands what he is feeling and can convey love verbally. If you are a woman that does not, then this doesn't apply. But for the average woman, you want a man who can express himself, who could say he loves you, who could say that you're important to him, all of this kind of stuff. Um, it is it is so lonely to be the sort of person who's yearning for that and never get it. Um, I write here that many women end up with really smart guys that are somewhat alexithymic. Alexithymic means that they cannot even recognize their emotion, never mind verbalize it. They don't have to be fully Asperger's, they could be, but they also may have just been raised in a house where there were no feelings ever discussed and they have no idea how to um how to really notice or verbalize an emotion so they may look at the woman and feel warmth and 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 like a welling up of fondness but they don't think to say oh i love you so much you're such a good wife and i and i can't you know i can't believe how lucky i am they would not they would no sooner say that than they would you know break into a tap dance it just is not who they are so if you are married to a man that just has no ability to express his emotions and you're a person who needs emotions expressed, you're going to end up very lonely. This, again, is something that doesn't really change. If you are with um, a man in your 20s and he can't express his emotions, then he is not really going to get much better unless he puts profound work into it later on in counseling. Men can be helped with this, as anybody can be helped via therapy to express themselves better. But uh, if, if you happen to be single and are looking for the next person that is the love of your life, then try not to get somebody who would not know an emotion if it came up and pissed on his leg, you know, try to get somebody that could perhaps verbalize an emotion every so often and you'll be a lot happier. The next one is sexual chemistry and passion. And I wrote, some women marry their best friends and this can work out if they themselves have no great desire for sexual passion or chemistry. But the majority of women want to, at least at the start of the relationship, experience memorable, passionate encounters with their partner. So if you want a romantic sexual relationship, 
then you need somebody that you're attracted to. It's not going to build. Or let's put it this way. For women, sometimes it can build, but like it's not going to build after the first like few encounters. Maybe you go on a date with a man you think he's acceptable and then um, the next one he's actually turns out to be really smart and funny so you never realized how cute he was and you know things like that happen. Women are not as visual as men are but if you've been dating somebody for a couple months and you're like do not think that they are even cute get out of that relationship. Why are you even in that relationship? You probably need to be in therapy thinking about why you would even keep going on dates with that sort of a person that you're not attracted to to. It's probably because you're a people pleaser and you just can't really break up with them or you feel bad or you feel bad about yourself that you can't get anything better or you don't really believe in love because you grew up in a house where there was none. There's got to be a reason. But either, no matter what it is, do not end up in a relationship with no sexual chemistry or passion because you are doing both yourself and the other person a disservice. So I forgot to keep on uh, telling you about how I was doing personally on the checklist, but I got all of them, so good for me. And I hope that the rest of you either checked off most of them in your partner or you find somebody where you can. And now if you are thinking, oh my God, I can never get somebody that um, is everything that I want because either I don't deserve that or things like that don't really happen or, or whatever, whatever. And remember, this doesn't mean that like somebody's a perfect person. These are just the 10 things that I think are very important. There's infinity things in a person. People are very complex. You are never going to find somebody that, you know, shares every single thing in common with you and is just like something out of a Nicholas Sparks, you know, movie, The Notebook or something. No, but I'm saying these are the important things. And if you feel or these are important things based on my experiences as a clinician, and as a human being. But if you really feel like, man, I can never get anything like that. And, and I, I just can't imagine that I could be with somebody who actually expressed their feelings of love to me and actually respected me and, and tried to be a team player, then you have self-esteem issues. You need to get into therapy because you do not deserve to think about yourself poorly like that. And maybe the reason that your marriage is unhappy or that you remain single in fear in that case is because you do not believe that you deserve to be happy. And and that, that's a big thing for people who grew up in unhappy, dysfunctional homes is just not thinking that you deserve anything good. Yes, you do. Of course you deserve good things. Everybody deserves good things. You know, and if you're a good person listening to this, you're probably somebody who's introspective and likes to try to help themselves and evolve and be a better parent and a better person. So you're certainly somebody who deserves good things. You're somebody who's trying to think about things differently. And so use this podcast episode as a uh, jumping off point to think that you do deserve good things. And if your marriage does not give you many of these things, then why don't you try couples counseling? Or if you feel like you could never deserve anything good than individual counseling. This goes for men and for women because both people, you know, usually listen to my podcasts about both genders. So that's good. Um, anyway, so I hope that you found this useful and interesting. And um, I have written obviously so many things about compatibility. It's a big topic. But if you ever want me to go into anything in depth about any of these, you know, if you have a particular uh, one of these traits of compatibility, that you want me to expound on, then I will certainly do that. 
just as soon as you press subscribe, <laughs> then I will just definitely, instantly, and enthusiastically do it upon your email to me. Um, anyway, I will talk to everybody soon. Have a good spring break because that's coming up, and have a great night. Bye bye.